Well, I'll tell you what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about how to fight for your children, how to do spiritual warfare on behalf of your children, that your children will be all that they've called to be and do all the things that God's called them to do. How about that? So, Lord, we come to you now. We dedicate this time to you. We thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the sacrifice of the cross. We thank you, Lord, for the salvation that you've given to us, the healing you've given to us, and, yes, the deliverance you've given to us and to our children. We declare it now in Jesus' precious name we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. amen. You may be seated. Amen. You know, there are not many areas in my life that I'm more passionate about than my family. And Steve, we have been married for over 32 years, and he is still the love of my life, my best friend. I like it. Marriage takes a lot of work, but it's all worth it. And we have been called mom and dad for 27 of those years. We have three wonderful children, Stephen, Hannah, and Sarah. And I love them with my whole heart. And I love their godly spouses that God brought into their lives. And because of Kevin and Kinsey, we are also known as Noni and Gator, which are two names that mean so much to us. We're Gator. So, we love them. <laughs> I didn't bring any grandparent pictures today, but I do want to do a little shout out for my Slade, Lindley Kay, and Ella Jane, who's still in the oven baking. Just say, we love you so much, and we know God's got great plans for your life. Hey, shameless plug, real fast, Life Pastors. It's, uh, we started this during the quarantine, and we didn't have any idea what, we, what we're doing. We, don't, we still don't know, <laughs> but we are believing that we're going to put out some more content, going to be specifically dealing with freedom, any and every area of your life, parenting and marriage. And so that's Life Pastors on Facebook as well as Instagram. <laughs> and still there's more. I'm joking. You know, ahead, baby. being a parent is the most incredible, wonderful, joyful, exciting, fulfilling job there is. But it is also the most difficult, challenging, and exhausting job there is out there. And I can't think of anything that pulls at your heartstrings more than being a parent. And Steve and I just want to encourage you today, whether you have one child, your house is full of them, whether they're babies, they're adult children, you have a blended family, you're a single parent, we just want to encourage and give you some tips today to help you fight for your children. You know, our goal this morning is not to help you and encourage you to raise good kids, okay? It's not to encourage you to raise good citizens. Our goal today is to encourage you to raise kingdom kids, all right? Kids that love Jesus and love King Jesus like never before. Set apart for him. You know, we have so much information about how to be good parents, but when it comes right down to it, we need to know how to fight for our children. We need to know how to do spiritual warfare for our children. And so we believe that God has a plan for each one of our children, and we want to see your children be all that God has called them to be and do all that God has called them to do. Well, I don't know if you know, okay, but there's an enemy that's after our children, all right? There is an enemy, and he wants to destroy 
the seed. He wants to destroy their purpose. He wants to destroy their call, what they were created for. And he's actively, the Bible says, he's actively scheming against them. He's scheming against them. And, and I love the passage in, uh, in 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. Paul is speaking to the church in Corinth. And he says this, so Satan will not outsmart us. Okay, And then he goes on to say, for we are familiar with his evil schemes. Okay, look, we need to become familiar with his evil schemes. And then as we become familiar with his evil schemes, we can teach our children to be familiar with his evil schemes. The problem is, until our children okay, are able to understand the schemes of the devil... They're very, very vulnerable, extremely vulnerable. And uh, it's important for us to to know that one of the greatest assignments that we have as parents is that we get to prayerfully pray and protect our children from the enemy. Well, I'm sure you're all familiar with the term mama bear. Oh, yes, I am. If you've ever seen a mama bear out with her cubs... She's going to do anything that she has to do to protect them. If she feels for a moment that they are threatened in any way, she's coming after you. And I'm like a mama bear too. I don't like confrontation. Um, I would much rather encourage you. But if you cross one of my children, there's a mama bear that's going to come out of me. I, I read a quote this week, and I think kind of summarizes it well. And it says, I may seem quiet and reserved. But if you mess with my children, I will break out a level of crazy that makes your nightmare seem like a happy place. No, no, no. Can I, can I hear testify? I know there's some testifying? mama bears hey, out there. Got any mama Amen. bears out there? High five to the mama bears. <laughs> well, when Stephen was in the third grade, there was a middle school kid. He was at our church that kept picking on him every week. And he was threatening him. And so I decided I'm going to use this as a teaching lesson. We are going, you know, he doesn't feel good about himself. So that's why he's having to do this to you to make himself feel better. We need to forgive him. We need to turn the other cheek. We need to have grace for him. Let's stay away from him. And then one Sunday, this kid crossed the line. And he told Stephen... I'm coming to church next Sunday with a knife, and I'm going to cut you. That's before we had security everywhere. Come on. (laughs) Well, I had had it. I was done, done, done. As Popeye says, I can stand so I can stand it. I can't stand it no more. I'd had it, and Steve was smart enough to know that he was going to have to step in or his sweet wife was going to have a mug shot. That's true. Because... A record. I I was done with that. And so... In the week, I had this little scenario that played out in my head, and it kind of took on a life of its own, and it went something like this. Next week, I'm going to church, and I'm going to take care of this situation. Now, we'll have the service first because any good pastor is not going to disrupt the service. But after the service, I'm going to find this kid, I'm going to knock him to the ground, and I'm going to start punching. And my mind already knew what dress I was going to wear. Because you got to dress for success when you're beating up a minor, okay? You got to look good to fight good. My dress was to cover all the parts while I was down punching. <laughs> but I, I pictured my son and his little third grade kids over in the corner there. He went, fight, fight, fight. My mom is taking on that bully. 
then Steve was going to come and have to pull me off. We would promptly resign, and the problem would be over. And I realized I went a little too far there. That's why the scripture says we have to take our thoughts captive. And as you can see, we're still here. No, I do not have a mugshot. The problem was resolved without one punch. And yes, I did repent for my ungodly thoughts. But the point I want to make is we have to fight for our children like a mama bear in the spirit. And it says in Ephesians, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So we want to help you fight the right way in the spirit for your children. So the Bible says that we have a formidable enemy. There's no doubt about it. And so a number of scriptures, I'll just uh, rapid fire to you right now. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 9, it says Satan deceives our children. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 10, it says he accuses our children day and night. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14, Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 3 and 4, and Luke 8, 12, it says Satan blinds the eyes of the, of the, for our, from our children for the gospel. And lastly, John chapter 8, verse 44, it says Satan is a murderer and a liar. John 10, 10 says, the thief cometh to steal, kill, and destroy. He's a thief as well. So you've got a formidable enemy that's obviously zeroing in after our children. So what is a parent to do? You know, what are we to do? How are we to protect our children? Boy, the very first thing I want you to be reminded of is that God the Father loves our children more than we love our children. I know it's hard to believe it, but God the Father loves our children more than we love our children, and he's got even better plans for them than we do. But secondly, we have to understand that God has given us authority in the spirit realm, okay, to take authority and to prote- over the enemy and to protect our children from the demonic forces. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 and 4, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, they're not of flesh. So like mama bear, that's flesh. Okay, you can tell that's flesh. Okay, we don't want to fight in the flesh, in the natural. We want to fight in the spirit for our children. And it says, for the weapons of our warfare, they're not of flesh, but they're divinely powerful for the destruction of fortress. So we have been given the power to protect our children. And it comes through prayer. So today we want to talk to you about fighting for your children, fighting for your children, exercising spiritual warfare through prayer to protect your children and to lead them in the ways that God has for them. No matter if you have one child, many children, a young child, older children, a single parent home, no matter where you are, what we all can do is we all can what? Pray. We can pray for our children. Although none of us are perfect parents, we can all be praying parents. Yes, we can. 
Lamentations 2.19. Well, oh, breaking out Lamentations today. <laughs> yeah, pour, you know the Holy Spirit's moving now. Pour out your heart like water before the Lord. Lift your hands toward him for the life of your young children. Is that a powerful description or what? That's a powerful verse. We have to intercede for our children. You know, at every stage of your child's life, they will benefit from your prayers. From birth all the way through adulthood, it's never too early and it's never too late to start praying. James 5.16 says the earnest prayers of a righteous person has great power and it produces wonderful results. You know, our prayers really, really, really do make a difference. And I know how scary it can be to be a parent and we would love to control every situation that has to do with our children, but that's impossible as we know. Every day you parent, you lose more control. You encourage it. <laughs> Every day you parent, you lose more control, but that's okay because instead of control, we can pray. And when we pray, we take authority over the demonic realm over our children's lives, and we are able to release the power of God over them, which is much more effective than us trying to control the situation. We need to cover our children in prayer, and Steve and I want to share with you today a few ways to help you stand against the schemes of the devil over your children. The first way is to fight for your children is to pray against generational strongholds. Now, you could look at your children and you can see, oh, they have my eyes or they have my husband's nose. You know, they they have my mannerisms. They even sound like me when they talk. Those are inherited traits that get passed down. But generational sin also gets passed down. And some of the things that we accept about ourselves and we just say, oh, that's just the way I am. They're actually generational strongholds. You know, in your, in your family, you might say, you know, I have a bad temper. My mom has a bad temper. My grandmother has a bad temper. The women in this family, we just have bad tempers, and that's just the way it is. But that's a generational stronghold, and that can be broken off of you. You might see fear running through your family or divorce running through your family or alcohol running through your family or pornography, or immorality, you name it. If there's something negative that you see being passed down and down, you can do something about that. You know, when a sin is given place and time over and over in your life, the spirit behind that sin gets entrenched in your life. So you can look at your parent, or you can look at your grandparents, and you could say, oh, I see that. So when you see things in your own life, that you don't like, and you see that being reflected in your children, you have the power in Jesus' name to break off those generational curses so So that your children don't have to walk there. In Exodus, the Lord talks about generational strongholds, and it says, The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness and truth, who keeps loving kindness for thousands, who forgives iniquity, transgressions, and sin, He will by no means leave the guilty unpunished, visiting the iniquities of the fathers on their children and on the grandchildren to the third and fourth generation. So you can see right there, it's saying that it's going to the fathers, onto their children, onto the grandchildren, onto the third and fourth generation, unless we do something about it. Well, years ago, we had a young woman come to us, and she was actually a teenager at the time, 
And she wanted to us to pray for her because her great-grandmother had gotten pregnant out of wedlock. Her grandmother had gotten pregnant out of wedlock. Her mother became pregnant with her without being married. And she did not want to follow in those footsteps. She wanted to break that cycle. She wanted to break that generational curse, generational stronghold. So we prayed. We took authority over that. And by the power of Jesus' name and his word, we broke that off of her. And even though three generations before her had gotten pregnant without being married, that generational stronghold stopped with her. And that can happen to you with anything that you see. Um, So so we have to pray against generational strongholds over ourselves, over our children, and then we need to pray against word curses. Now, I'm sure many of you have heard that chant, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, nothing could be further from the truth. And you know what I want to say? Liar, liar, pants on fire. Because words do have power. And it says in the scripture in Proverbs 26, um, excuse me, Proverbs 18, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So from an early age, children can be adversely affected by things spoken over them that are contrary to the word of God. Someone may say, you're not smart. You're never going to amount to anything. I wish you would have never been born. Um, You're not special. You name it. Kids hear these things. Other kids are mean. But we have to break those words off that are spoken over them and teach our children how to break those words off. We cannot let words just stand there. We have to do something about that. Um, Did you know that um, saying words like to your child like, you know, my child is shy, actually gives life to that word. Mm. I had that spoken over me when I was young. I was told I was shy, that I was too sensitive, that I um, was a perfectionist. And those are word curses. And they hurt me deeply, and they affected me for years and years and years until I broke them off when I was an adult. So I decided I was going to teach my children at a very early age how to break words off of themselves. And so if anyone ever spoke anything over them that was contrary to what God said about them, we're going to break those words off. So if a well-meaning person or a not well-meaning person, like a doctor or a teacher or coach or someone spoke something over there that was not lining up with the word of God, I would just turn my face and quietly break those words off, and then when they got out of earshot, I would stand against those words out loud so that my children could learn how to break words Mama off. Mama Bear, right house. there. Right. There it is. Well, sometimes my children will refer to me as the word police, and that's okay that's because our words have power. I'm not going to sit around and let someone speak something over them. I've got grandkids now, and there ain't no way you're doing that. And I wasn't going to let my children speak words on themselves. You know, you may not realize, but when you say things like, I'm so stupid or I'm so dumb or I'm fat, I'm ugly, I can't do this, I can't do that, you're giving life to those words and you're speaking a curse of yourself. So you need to stand against those word curses, break them off, and teach your children how to do that. Proverbs 26.2 says, like a fluttering sparrow or or a darting swallow... An undeserved curse does not come to rest. So anytime an undeserved curse is spoken over one of your kids, don't allow it to breast. 
break it off, and why don't you take it one step further? Why don't you use your words to bless your children and start declaring over your children what the Lord says about them. They're a mighty woman, yeah. a mighty man of God. I love the scripture, Romans 4, 17. It says to call the things that are not as though they are. You know what? No matter what I saw happen in my kids, I declared over them what yeah. they were going to be. I declared over them what I was going to see God do in their lives. And so we need to use our words to declare and bless Bless, bless our children and everyone else that comes in our earshot. So good, honey. So good. Well, we want to pray protection over our children. And so we want to be protectors, but we're going to have to pray protection over them. The enemy is after them. We know that. Let me just say this. This culture is spewing so much confusion to our kids right now. They literally don't know which way's up. I mean, it is absolutely crazy. You know, moms and dads, we've got to protect our children from these demonic philosophies and influences that are bombarding them. We've got to be the ones to teach our te kids who they are in Christ, teach our sons and daughters who they are and what God's Word says about them. We've got to teach the Word of God to them that they'd understand who they are in Christ. The Scripture says the truth will make you free, will make you free. The truth will make our children free. The, the media and the marketing uh, the gurus of this world are just after our kiddos. They are after them in so many ways. The main three areas they're wanting to attack our children is, is they want to keep them away from the Word of God, the truth of the Word of God. They want to keep them away from the local church, and they want to keep them away from understanding the biblical family. And so the enemy is attacking the biblical family, the enemy is attacking the local church, and the enemy is is attacking the truth of the word and who Jesus is. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 9, and 10, 9 through 13. And I want to talk to you just a little bit about protecting your children from the occult, protecting your children from demonic entities, and, and that we would be able to understand better the schemes of the enemy for our children. And so in Deuteronomy 18, uh, verse 9, it says, When you enter the land of the Lord... Your God will give, gives you, you shall not learn to imitate the detestable things of the nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or daughter stop right there. Parenting passage. Parenting passage. This is talking to dads and moms. Don't let your kids get involved in this kind of stuff. It's what he's saying. His sons and daughters pass through the fire, or one who uses divination, or one who practices witchcraft. <clears throat> Or interprets omens or sorcerers or spells or casting the spells of mediums, spiritists, the ones who calling upon the dead. For whoever does these things is detestable to the Lord. And because of these detestable things, the Lord will, God will drive them out before you. And I know this is like, oh, that's Old Testament. I just want you to understand, it happens now. It, the occult is all around us. Satanism is all around us. Witchcraft is all around us. And we've got to learn to identify so we can protect our children. I can't tell you the amount of people that we've prayed with and the amount of demonic strongholds we've broken off of people who've gone to slumber parties when they were kids and played light as a feather or Bloody Mary or you know, uh, Ouija boards or seances. Oh, yeah, it was innocent fun. No, when we call upon things other than God, he acts. 
He responds. I remember when our daughter Hannah, our middle daughter, and Jesse, their best friends, they were in fifth grade, and, and uh, they were going to a slumber party. Jesse's parents and Hannah's parents, pretty militant about the whole cult thing, okay? And we watched out on the whole slumber party and said, we, we let them know what's going to go on. There's a possibility. This All you have to do is pick up the phone, call us. We'll just, we'll just nonchalantly come and get you, and then we'll bring you back the next day. And that's what happened. They started wanting to play some particular game. They gave us a call. They ring-a-dingy. We came and got them. They came, had a great time together, went back for breakfast, and enjoyed being with them. We protected our kids from the cult. We protected them from witchcraft. We protected them. You know, we, although we've been involved with a whole bunch of this spiritual warfare stuff, our family is somewhat kind of normal. I mean, you, most, some of you know us. I mean, we just have normal, normal kids doing normal things. They were all in athletics. You know, for God's sake, all three of them graduated from public school. I mean, pretty normal, okay? I mean, they, they, I mean they, they're just normal. We didn't sit around and, you know, every week have a Bible study on lamentations or anything like that. We just loved our kids and we protected them. I remember, and... and I just, I'm going I'm to throw out some things the next few minutes. I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes, okay? Might challenge you a little bit. So just get ready. Buckle up, all right? And so um, I want to talk. Now, this, our youngest is 21. So anything that we're going to talk about, hadn't watched PBS Kids lately, okay? Hadn't watched the Disney Channel lately. Hadn't watched Nickelodeon. So I, I don't know, but I got a feeling it's worse, okay, is all I'm going to say. But what I can say is what I know and what we went through. I remember Pastor D telling us a, a while back when his mom wanted to take all five of their kids, uh, pastor's siblings, uh, to the movie theater. They were so excited. They went to the movie theater. You know, five kids going to the movie, that's a big deal. So they went and saw Beauty and the Beast, okay? Beauty and the Beast. And so watch the credits and watch, you know, watch the previews and Beauty and the Beast started and everything was working. I'm sure Pastor D was eating his popcorn. No, he probably was anti-carbs even then, but <clears throat> probably his protein bar, okay? And so, <clears throat> and, and, and so then the magic candlestick came out. And that's when Becca Bates stood up, got all five of her children, and they left that movie theater, okay? We're not going to have magic with her kids. She just stood up, said, Becca Bates is not going to have it. You know, some of the things that just, they, I know our kids think it's all funny, you know, that, that we didn't let them watch some of these things. And now they're older, they're starting to have kids, and they realize, oh, maybe mom and dad might not have been so Jim Jones crazy, okay? Wizard of Oz. They didn't get to watch it for a long time. We didn't want young kids thinking that there was a good witch. There's not a good witch. Every witch is inspired by the enemy. It's just the way it is. Mulan and Pocahontas, uh, that's not going to happen. No. Dragon Tales. What could be wrong with Dragon Tales? I wish, I wish with uh, incantations. No, my little kids are not going to watch things that have incantations, praying for something, something that's not God. Uh, Teletubbies, oh my goodness. Just because it's weird, okay? It's not, it, they have magical tummies, okay? And I'll just say, never trusted Tinky Winky. Just didn't, okay? Never haunted houses, scary movies. Those are zero tolerance policies at the Collins house. By the way, not even addressing online stuff, not even addressing gaming today. That's for you to look at and be, you to be concerned about. 
No Harry Potter at our house. It just didn't happen. Not trying to step on toast, just challenging you a little bit. I remember when it first came out, had Christian moms in our church so excited about our children watching, uh, reading uh, Harry Potter because it's now giving them a new love for reading. And I said, well, you know, with all due respect, it might have given them a love for something other than reading. <laughs> Occult, witchcraft. You just need to be very, very careful what you're putting before your children and what you're putting before yourself as well. Um, ask the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit. Is familiarizing your, stuff, your kids with this kind of activity, this kind of occult, is that healthy for the kids? And we got, ki- we got parents that are more concerned, okay, about high fructose corn syrup and GMO than demons and their kids, okay? I'm telling you. I'm telling you, hey, how about no GMO and no demons for the kids? I'm good with that. There is a concerted effort right now. It is a full court press to take your kids away right now. And you've got to stand against it. Uh, the scripture says in Ephesians chapter 5, 11, do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but yet expose them. This is the New Testament. Don't participate. It's pretty clear. Don't participate. I mean, God's calling us to be set apart. These are not times that we can play games right now. These are, these are rough times right now. And God is calling. If we're wanting to see revival in our nation, if we want to see revival in our church, we got to have revival in our lives. Some of us need to just pull a Becca Bates and get your family up and walk out on the devil. That's what I'm saying. Do it for Becca's sake, all right? It's comforting to know that we can pray protection over our children. We don't have to just sit back, but we have weapons of warfare to fight. And another area that we've attacked with prayer is trauma. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You know, trauma is an event that causes deep distress. Um and can have a lasting negative effect on a person's life unless you deal with it. Some examples of this might be a divorce or an accident or a breakup or, um, you know, you have um, a sudden death. Those are all examples of traumatic events. Uh, Many of you have heard me tell the story of my daughter Hannah when she was three years old and she had a large dog attack her and it ripped off the upper half of her whole top lip and did other damage. Well, that was a very traumatic event for her and for me. All I knew to do was to cry out to God and all the way in the hospital, all the way in the ambulance as we drove to the hospital, I cried out to God and I prayed against the spirit of fear and the spirit of trauma over her. And I told the devil he would have no place in my daughter's life. And to this day, Hannah has not one time ever struggled with being around a dog. She has no fear of a dog, no trauma related to that. God supernaturally has healed her. She's beautiful today for those of you who haven't heard that story. Well, last year there was a young woman in our church 
And her young son was attacked by a dog. And she remembered hearing me tell that story. So she contacted me, and Steve and I called her, and we just prayed over her, over her husband, over her son, and we stood against fear and trauma in our life. Just this last Sunday, over her son's life, and just this last Sunday, she came up to Steve after the lead team rally with her son in her arms and just to show him how well his ear was healing. But she said, most importantly of all, that her son's heart had been healed so and he had never struggled with trauma and fear because we took authority over that Come in on. the name of Jesus so because good. we have the power to do that and we can stand a stand against that. So and I just want to let you know, it doesn't have to be a car wreck or a dog bite, something big like that, for it to be a traumatic event in a child's life. Just having ugly words spoken over them and being embarrassed in front of someone can be very traumatic for them. And don't dismiss that as that just, oh, that's just a part of growing up. You know, they'll get over it. They can deal with it. Why do that when you can stand on the Word of God, you can pray against it, and keep your child from walking in fear and trauma? We have to be sensitive as parents to the Holy Spirit so that we can pray and stand in spiritual warfare over our children and their precious lives. So good. Why don't we stand and we want to pray. Pray for all of our parents today. Pray for our children. I believe that God is raising up a generation, a Nazarite generation, a generation that's set apart. And uh, for that to happen, we as parents, we got to be set apart. We've got to be set apart. God's called us to be set apart. We, we're not interested in raising good kids anymore. Those days are over. We're interested in raising godly kids, kingdom kids, kids that are set apart for the kingdom, for their life. 